Sorry about that technical difficulty. I didn't realize I had two browsers open and one automatically kicked off. Anyways, uh, we got it now and we're ready to roll. And tonight is going to be a great program. Uh, Book of Ephesians. And Brother Benjamin is going to come on and share with us what the Lord's got on his heart. And, you know, I I just wanted to share a quick story. Um, I was on the way home tonight. Um, You know, my you all know my story. Uh, if you haven't heard of the Return of the Prodigal Son program of uh, my life of drug addiction and and uh, all the things that you know a person could do wrong, I did it. But my wife and I, it's very personal to us, our ministry with the homeless. And um, it's something we don't have to be asked to do. It's not something we do because we want to tell people that we do it. It's something we do because it was who I was when it comes to suffering with some of the things that many of those suffer with. And I was on the way home tonight and normally we stay a couple of weeks of the year. I stay overnight at the shelter through the nights. And, um, but a guy, he was having, you know, a rough time. He wanted to get out of there. He was just really stressed out and he's a good guy. And I was taking him across town on the way home and he's burnt from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. He's probably in his upper fifties. And I was talking to him, and, and he started to share with me. And, and the sad thing was, I, 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 as much as I wanted to hear his story, I wanted to get home for my program. I'm, you know, i got to hurry up. I don't have much time. I'm late. And as he began to share with me what had happened when he was a little kid, I, I listened to this man who, who's a tough, strong man and has been through a lot. I listened to him as he began to weep in my vehicle. So bad he could hardly talk as he told the story of a little kid. His dad was an alcoholic. His mother abandoned him. And when he was three years old, his brother lit a paper bag. He was five. I think he said his brother was in the back of the car on fire. Caught the whole car on fire, and they were trapped inside as his brother laid on top of him to try to protect him and shield him as they burnt down, and this car burnt, and his brother died. But he made it. He was burnt so bad it burnt many of the ends of his fingers and thumb off completely. And as I heard him cry and 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 talk and he tell me he's like, "Man, Frank, he's like, I love the Lord. I'm just messed up. You know, I got problems, but I love Jesus." And as I was going down and beginning to ponder this, and he's like, "Man, I I said, listen, I'm going to pray for your earning, but I'm still thinking about my program." And as I get out, I prayed. He's like, man, pray for me right here. And so he got out on the road, or I dropped him off, and I prayed for him right there. And as I'm going home, I'm thinking, my life's not even half as bad, a quarter, as this man's been through. He's struggling so hard, and he loves the Lord, and he's just fighting off some things. And I, you know, I think to myself, and I see people like this, and I think those are the kind of people that God wants to save because he's so honest about who he is and his desire to be with Jesus. And I just want you all to keep earning in prayer. It just, I can't believe I was so selfish to worry about my program when a man was trying to pour his heart out to me. And afterwards, even as it began to break my heart of what he shared with me, 
I'm thinking about Matthew 25 and the end when this whole thing's over and everything comes down to the end. The final question in the Bible was, did you take care of those who couldn't take care of themselves? And here was a man who had been through so much trying to share his heart with me. And I just ask that you'd all keep him in prayer. Because I believe Ernie's going to be in the kingdom. An honest heart like that, God has a special place for. And it just reminds me that all the things that are going on here, folks, it's about saving souls for the kingdom. Well, I'm not going to keep you much longer because I want to bring on Brother Benjamin tonight. But I wanted to share that with you because in all this busyness that's going on right now, we've got to stop sometimes and look at this world Our problem is not the biggest thing going on right now. The biggest thing going on right now are people are dying that don't know who Jesus is. And that is a crime. And it's horrible. And we need to do something about it. Well, I know a guy who's been spreading the warning and sharing the gospel for at least 40-some years. And I'm bringing him on right now. Brother Benjamin, are you here with us tonight? Hey, well, good evening, Frank. Hey Benjamin, glad you're here, man. Um, I was, man, you know, just I hate when I get so busy in life that I just get sidetracked from what this thing's about and about saving souls for the kingdom. And uh, yeah, amen. You know, Benjamin, thank you so much for coming on and and agreeing to be on here this evening. It's just a blessing, and brother, I I appreciate it. Just could you just open us up in prayer and pray for Ernie and his family? Yeah. How old? How old is Ernie? He's probably pushing close to sixty. Oh man. Yeah, hard. And he worked as a carpenter for years, but his body's in so much pain now; it's very difficult for him. Yeah, let's pray. Father, we come and we lift up our voices in Jesus' name. And we come according to your commandment. We come boldly to the throne of grace. We thank you, Father, that there is grace. There is favor. There is loving kindness for the lost, for the children of men. We lift up this brother, Ernie. We ask, Lord, that your hand would be upon him. Lord God, that your spirit would comfort him. Lord, that you would grant unto him deliverance. And we declare the covering of the blood of Jesus over his body, over his soul, over his mind, his will, his emotions. Take authority and we break all the devices of darkness that have been brought against this man. Break them off of him. Father, we pray that you would set him free through the power of Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for encouragement, for healing. I pray for peace, that you would fill his heart with peace. Lord, this is a cold and a cruel world today. In the camp of the righteous, there's the warmth of the love of God. I pray, Lord, that you would fill Brother Ernie, his heart, with the warmth of your love and your salvation. 
and that he would become more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, by which we have all been accepted in your beloved. Father, I thank you that when we are forgotten, when everyone in the world has forgotten us, Father, you never forget who your children are. And Lord, you are faithful to come and to gather every one of us. Lord Jesus, we bless you for paying the price, for making your own life a burnt offering mm. on Calvary's hill so that we could escape the wrath that is to come upon the house of the wicked and that we could be gathered into the house of the righteous, into the kingdom of our Father, and that we could know, that we could receive, that we could abide in your shalom, and that we could experience and share in your joy, which you had in your Father before the foundation of the world. We bless you, Lord. We ask your word to come forth will to be done and it's our desire that your name would be lifted up so we give you all thanks giving and we give you all praise in Jesus name I pray Amen Amen, Amen. Benjamin brother um, just again thank you so much and, and uh, please share uh, when you said the word Ephesians you know First thing that pops in my mind is the armor of the of the Lord, the armor of God. <laughs> yeah, well, praise God. I love the book of Ephesians. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to get into Ephesians tonight. And um, you know, brother, I when you called and asked me, hey, are are we still on for tonight? I um, I didn't know we were on for tonight, but we apparently we are, and we are still on for tonight we're on for whatever amen. god has amen we are on for the will of the lord you know and there's so much going on um the world's changing so fast right before our eyes i don't know if you saw the latest cover of the economist magazine but isn't that i emailed it to you um the one from a few emails, or just 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 now? No, you just got it, and it's the okay. cover that's got all the pictures of. Um, oh yes, the world in 2019. Yeah, you know, the world is going to change in 2019. You know, this is Leonardo da Vinci version of America. I would assume most of our listeners, well, if they haven't seen it, no doubt you will see it. It's the the Economist, the world in 2019, and. You know, what a picture of the changes that have come. There's the picture of a man and, and his arms extended in two different positions on both the left and the right. And, you know, and I just want to comment on the, on the illustrations of this picture. And for our listeners, if you guys are at your computer, go and look up the Economist World, and the cover for the 2019 issue. But, you know, Frank, do you have it in front of you or are you looking at it? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. You see in the right hand, um, the lower arm, the man is holding a baseball? Yes. And then in the in the, uh, the right arm that is lifted up above, it's a marijuana leaf? Yeah, I noticed that. Covering the United States. 
over that part mm -hmm. of the globe that represents the United States. Yeah. What was the, in times past, what was the past time of America? Baseball has been replaced with drug addiction, mm. getting high. And on the left, the scales of judgment, you'll note, if you look closely, those are people. Humanity in the scales of judgment. And in the upper left, an iPhone. An, an iPhone. Yeah. With a digital print. Technology replacing humanity. And the upper right corner, you see all of the writing, all of the inscriptions are written backwards. To uncover, you know, the occult connection to all of these caricatures. But the very upper right, beneath the flying machine, that you know, <laughs> was one of the original attempts at at a flying machine. The circular wings mm -hmm. connected to an Apollo capsule going over the moon, and underneath it is facial recognition. Do you see that? Yep, I do. Then go to the left, and you see a caricature of our president with the same facial recognition. Yep. Identifying points. And what I what I discern from that cartoon caricature is, you know, they're poking fun at the American people. You think you can recognize this man? You think you know who he is? You think you know his role and what is to come? And then, Frank, do you see the four horsemen um, underneath Putin's chin? Oh, yeah, right there. And where are they standing? What what country are they coming from? Looks like they're up there. England. On the tip. Yep, right above there. Yeah. The four horsemen are coming forth at the request or the bequest of the... Of the Illuminati families of London. If you look closely at the picture of the four horsemen, Frank, mm -hmm. you pretty much need a magnifying glass, or you need to blow the picture up. Looks if you like go the to of the Liberty eponymous, the, what? Pardon? What, the one's got a hat on, like the Statue of Liberty, almost from a distance. I need to bring this picture down so I can blow it up more. Yeah, if you look, if you look closely. The the rider on the white horse that has the bow and is wearing the crown. Uh huh. He's pictured as a very old man with a big long beard. Of course, you know the the symbolism there is the the rider on the white horse. He, you know he's nearing his retirement. He's almost seventy years old, Frank. He's about to be replaced by a red horse, and then a black mm. horse. And then the fourth horseman, the grizzled horse. But isn't it fascinating? If you, if you go on the Economist website where you can order this magazine, the cover allows you to uh, look closely at all of these images blown up. But in any event, the stork is carrying a digital baby. You know, it's a picture of a world about to go into upheaval. And everything's backwards. You know, the time really is at hand. I think we just might have guessed right, brother. Hallelujah. Well, before we get into Ephesians, 
Do you have any any questions, comments, or, or thoughts on this Economist cover? Isn't this bizarre? Yeah, actually, I kind of found myself getting consumed into this thing. There is so much to be discerned out of this um, right oh, now. Oh, it's, it's an occult. It's a it's a you know it's an occult guide to the year that is ahead. No, it it, it is. Um, Folks, if you don't, if you're not seeing this, you need to see the cover of this. Uh, when you really look at it, it will blow you away. They're trying to def- desperately to tell you something. Oh, and, uh, it's amazing yeah. that they it, placed everything is strategically placed in the right area on this globe. Yeah, if you um, if you do a Google search for the Economist magazine cover 2019, mm-hmm. it will take you to a website shopeconomist.com and it's got the products and then when you um, when you look at the cover for 2019 it blows it up I mean huge and um, it allows you to scroll around and look very carefully at the caricatures because they're very um, they're very carefully drawn the the red horse represents Indeed, does have a hat. The rider on the red horse has a hat similar to the Statue of Liberty, and also sort of a, a mask representing, you know, a, a bio uh, hazard mask, you know, representing the war that is coming against the United States. But it's the rider on the white horse that really captured me as. You know, here's an old man with a long beard. But in any event, yeah, they're telling us, they're telling us quite clearly what is what is coming upon the world, and indeed it is coming. The um, oh, wow, yes. If you do go on to the Shop Don Economist and you click right there in the main page, you literally can. Yes, the, they're right. The horse does have exactly the Statue of Liberty. Uh, oh, yeah. Y- yeah. You really can't well, get in the, close. Look at the rider on the white horse detail. with the crown. Is that not the picture of an old man with a beard? You know, yeah, well, I mean, you know, obviously I'm not into images of the Lord, but there's some type of kind of uh, – Kingly with an old man. You're right, a beard type Moses. You know, I'm not, a Moses, but their beard look on it. You're right. I, I see that. And then the other, we've got skulls uh, over here. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna get into this when this program is over, Benjamin. There's a lot of information in this picture. Well, and if you look detail. at the iPhone, if you look at the iPhone, Frank. Mm-hmm. It has one of those little uh, digital markers that allows you to click on a website, you know, those little dot things where well, you can, you can you know, copy them into your phone and you can get a boarding pass to an airplane or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, well, it's also showing digital currency um, because that markup above that, that's the, app, that's the pay, the square pay right there that's on the top part of that phone. And that's showing well, a transition... Mm-hmm. I wonder what that imprint actually codes to. And then look right above it. Who is is that General Lee from the American Civil War with little American flag on his lapel? Or, you know, that's a that's somebody from the 1800s. 
Yeah. Doesn't look like Lee. That that might be. Is that an older Grant? No, that's. Let me see. It's somebody from that era. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they've done. You know, this con- Economist magazine is obviously owned by the Rothschilds. You can tell from their logo, which is a red flag. And, of course, the name Rothschild means red shield. The original cover that was released for 2019 was all black, just blackness. You know, it's sort of fascinating, Frank. I um, I looked up the number 19 just to see, you know, well, what exactly you know is the meaning of 19? What, what does that symbolize? And you know, it's sort of fascinating because the number one represents the beginning it's the first number and then nine is the last number before before you complete a task and so uh, the number 19 represents the completion of the past and the door to the future in ancient times it was also known as the number for surrender you know in simple terms uh, the number 19 represents the completion of a project or a mission or an undertaking that will then, once completed, take you to a new beginning. So, you know, 2019 is the year that's been appointed for the end of the old world, the unveiling and the releasing of the four horsemen and uh, and our entrance into the new world order. It's fascinating, too, if you look at the calendar and for those who are listeners may remember back in March of this year around the time of Passover there were a number of people who were proclaiming that in the spirit and in the reality on the ground in Jerusalem the corn, the barley corn, was not yet ripened unto maturity. It was not a vive. And similarly, the remnant who represent the corn spiritually were also not yet ready, were not mature. And if that was correct, then this would be a leap year. Now, using the official calendar the official Hebrew or biblical calendar, which was generated by a computer program 50, 60 years ago, in which they projected estimates of when the leap years would occur. This was not considered to be a leap year. But if you take the report from the barley corn and you assume that this is a leap year, and that was the witness that I got at the time, and literally the next day following what would have been Nisan 1, or which would have been the month of Adar 2 had we counted this a leap year, literally the next day a very violent winter storm blew through not only the United States but Europe and the Middle East, and we went right back into another month of winter. And, of course, that would have pushed, the leap year would push uh, Nisan 1 and and all of the high holy days a month back into April. Well, assuming that that was correct, and that would be my witness, then Hanukkah will begin on January 1st, 2019. And, of course, 
you know, we've got the final complete um, lunar eclipse, the full blood moon will be centered over North America and the United States of America on January 21st, 2019. And so, brother, um, just one more little witness, right, that we be here. Yeah, what's what's really interesting is that, you know, it started out with the whole blood rune, you know, tetrad that was coming. And now coming, you know, seven blood red moons. And the whole aligning of the stars and, uh, you know, in Jupiter, you know, and, and last year. that w- Was it last year, right, it went through, or was it this year? Yeah. Well, that was – you're talking about the sign of the Revelation 12, the birth of the man-child? Yes. That was in the on Rosh Hashanah in 2017. That was okay, a yeah. year ago from from our time. Yeah. Yeah. So what I guess what I'm saying is we're getting so many compounded things happening one after another. It feels like there's a shout from heaven to wake up, and I don't know what else the Lord needs to send in the signs which He said from the beginning in the Book of Genesis that He set the moon and the stars and the sun all were for signs. And uh, I feel like it's literally a picture has been perfectly painted over and over that this is the time now. I mean, it just, it's there. I, I'm, you can't deny it. No, it's, I mean, I it's clearly come upon us, brother. Yeah. I'm going to read, uh, before we get into Ephesians, I just want to read a um, couple verses from chapter 21 of the book of Ezekiel. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set your face towards Jerusalem and drop your word towards the holy places and prophesy against the land of my people, the land of Israel. And say unto the land, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I am against thee, and I will draw forth my sword out of its sheath, And I will cut off from thee the righteous and the wicked. Seeing then that I will cut off from thee both righteous and wicked, therefore shall my sword go forth out of its sheath against all flesh from the south to the north, that all flesh may know that I am the Lord that has drawn forth my sword out of its sheath, and it shall not return any more. Sigh therefore, thou son of man, with the breaking of thy loins, and with bitterness sigh before their eyes, And it shall be when they say unto you, Why sighest thou that you shall answer for the tidings, for the report? Because it comes. It is about to come. And every heart shall melt. And all hands shall be feeble. And every spirit shall faint. And all knees shall be weak as water. Behold, it comes. And it shall be brought to pass, saith the Lord God Almighty. All flesh. The sword is coming forth against all flesh. Only those who are full of the Spirit will be preserved. I was listening on a sister um, put up a YouTube and claims to have had a, uh, a dream and, and a word from God and, and claimed her report was that the Lord had said to her everything is so ugly 
in the world that nothing can live, nothing can survive before my face. You know, and I, I don't know if that's in fact a direct quote from the Mighty One, but it's certainly a picture of the time. Everything in the world has become so ugly now. You know, what little beauty, you know, what, what is left of the beauty of this world? But within the camp of the remnant, there shall be the beautiful grace of the Lord. You know, brother, I've taught in, in tried to bring forward as clearly as I could all of the evidences we have that these days are rapidly coming upon us. And we're walking right into the year of transition 2019. And, and you know, for for the world and for the people that are continuing to walk in the flesh it's a time of great bitterness a time of great travail and and every heart of flesh will melt and all the hands of the strength of men will be broken will become feeble and all of the knees will be weak as water no one will be able to stand the strength of the flesh the end of all flesh has come but brother frank for those who have been found worthy those who've been accounted as worthy to be among the remnant the lord's coming with deliverance he's coming with healing he's coming with salvation in his wings and you know that's exactly really the message of the scriptures is that god is going to come with blessing to his own and i was seeking the lord in perhaps a few weeks ago and and I was literally saying Lord what is, you know what are you what should I be doing what what are you doing and what do I need to be doing in this time I want to be sure I'm on the right page with you and and Frank he, he spoke clear as day and he said to me I am not coming with peace for this people He's doing something other than coming with peace. The Lord's coming in visitation, but he is not coming with an olive branch of peace in his hand. He's coming with a sword. You know, we know from the scriptures in Jeremiah fifteen fifty one, we know that the armies that have been prepared, and, you know, we can talk a little bit about that if you wish. We know from the from the text that the the weapons that have been prepared for the world war that is about to take place. Scripture refers to them as the weapons of God's indignation. You know, I don't think we realize, most Christians really don't understand the sovereignty of God and the fact that the whole earth belongs to the Lord and everything that is in it belongs to God. All of the souls are mine, saith the Scripture. The soul that sins and the soul that dies belongs to the Lord. The souls that are judged, they were the property of the Lord. The souls that were saved, that were redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, they were chosen by the Lord unto salvation. And all the armies of the world, they belong to the Lord as well. Everything in the earth is mine, saith the Lord, including the armies of the wicked. You know, we know from Scripture, God's used the enemies of Israel many times to chastise his 
his disobedient nation. And it's not that those, the armies of those wicked nations would themselves escape the judgment. No, they too will be judged before the throne of the Holy One. But they are an instrument in his hand to first be used to judge his own house, which is where the judgment begins. And he also judges the one nation in the final era, which he raised up. I mean, people... You know, you don't think about it very often, but it's absolutely true that virtually every nation that ever existed was created by men or by some man that wanted to be king. But the Lord created for himself two nations. And as I've shared many, many times, God tends to do things in twos. His truth is remembered in twos. And so the Lord created the nation that we know as Israel. Israel, ruled by God, is the meaning of the name Israel. And that was his nation. God had a kingdom, or a country, or a nation. And its very name says it's ruled by God. It's God's country. But in the time of, of the end, in the last days, in the time of the new covenant, the Lord raised up another country. And it was built, it was organized its legal systems and its constitution were based on the bible it was built on the revelation of the word of god and that nation was the united states of america and in its early years it was a christian nation you know if you go back and look at the history of our country it's absolutely amazing how god preserved the the early pioneers who came here the very first ship that showed up, they were, they were way off course, and they got a late start. And when they arrived, there was an early winter waiting for them. And the, the part of the East Coast that they landed on was actually part of the territory of the most bloodthirsty, all of the Indian tribes, to the point of being... Uh, had that tribe been there waiting for them, all of the original pilgrims would have no doubt been killed. But there was a, a, a plague of smallpox that had come that had ravaged through Indian populations. And when it got into this tribe, it literally eradicated them. So the Lord removed this, this demonic Indian tribe. And the settlers landed on what was essentially now uninhabited lands. And they didn't have time to build any any structures and they literally they begged the the owners of the of the boats that they had used to, to stay the winter so that the people could sleep on board of the ships in the holds. And you know, the suffering that went on in the early years of the the men and women who came, many of them came for religious freedom. They came sink literally seeking a new Jerusalem. They came to build a country where the Word of God would be the centerpiece of the civic relationship between men. And it would be the foundation of the, the rights and the obligations of men to their government and, and the obligation of the government to the people. It was all to be ordained based on Holy Scripture. But the beginning was a terrible time. 
It wasn't even until the second year that they built the first building, which was to become the hospital, in, in which they had a fire and in which there was some warmth for the winter. And we're all huddled up in our warm houses today. Those of you that are in the parts of the, of the northern hemisphere that are now getting cold, and you know, I can't even imagine the hardship that was endured by the people that were the early settlers to build this land. But praise God for their for their commitment. And, and, and you know, what we will be called to endure here in the time of the end, those of us that have been appointed among the remnant, I don't want to misinform you. I don't think it's going to be easy street for us. I remember the Lord telling me, you know, this was back in 96, and he told me, I want you to, you know, call Doug, a man that I worked with, and, and tell him to get up and pray. This was like 4.30 in the morning. Get up early and pray, for the days of ease are ending soon, the Lord said. Now, I, I didn't know soon meant 23 years. But, you know, the Lord is right. That was quick. That 23 years just flew right by, and, you know, the... The fall of 2019 will have been 23 years. Exact same period of time that Jeremiah and Baruch, his scribe, warned Jerusalem. It was the compass of 23 years and the judgment came. So too, I've been, I will have warned America for 23 years. But the good news in all of this, for those of us who love the Lord and who've turned from our sins, who've been willing to repent and cry out in faith and in hope, asking for mercy from heaven. The Lord is coming with peace for his remnant. And I just wanted to share some of the scriptures from Ephesians, just to remind the, the listeners and to remind the remnant of God, the wonderful blessings that are our portion now and the eternal blessings that await us in the kingdom as these dark days come and as the days of ease are removed and as we begin to walk through the fellowship of some of the sufferings of Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the sufferings of the brethren that went before us to know that the Lord will be with us and in the midst of the, the loss of physical comfort, we will be filled, our hearts will be filled with the comfort of the Holy Spirit and with the glow, with the warmth of the love of God. You know, you can have everything in the flesh, and if you don't have the life of God in you, if you don't have the presence of God with you, you have tohu and bohu. You have nothing at all. You could inherit the entire world. And if you lose the love and the life of God, you have lost everything. And you can suffer the loss of all comfort in the flesh. And if you have the presence of the Holy Spirit, if you have the peace and the love and the joy of God in your heart, you are one of the richest men in the earth. And so the days will grow dark, but the light of the revelation of Jesus Christ will grow brighter still in the camp of the righteous. And so let's read from the book of Ephesians starting in chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God writing to the saints who are in Ephesus and to the faithful in Jesus Christ. That's you if you are faithful to him. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father 
There's no greater blessing in this world than to receive the grace of God's loving kindness and the peace that passes understanding, which flows from the throne of the Lamb unto the children chosen for life eternal. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Brothers, we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings. According as He has chosen us, the Father has chosen us in Him, in Jesus, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. We were chosen in Jesus before God began to lay the foundation for creation itself. The first thing He did was chose. He chose the beloved who would be born again in the image of his son through the wonderful grace of the salvation given unto the children of men that we should become holy and without blame before him in love. Now our flesh continues to be dirty and, and Jesus washed the feet of his disciples because our flesh continues to need to be washed. We walk in an unclean world. But as we learn to put off the flesh, as we learn to deny the flesh, as we learn to die to the things of the flesh, and to begin to walk and to abide in the presence of the Spirit, our natural flesh man becomes weaker and has less and less effect on us. And our spirit man rises up to the place of preeminence. And the glory of God that has been hidden as a mustard seed in our spirit begins to fill us and change us and we become born again and and this is his will in the life of all of the elect for we have been predestined unto the adoption as children by jesus christ unto himself according to the good pleasure of his will now a lot of people they struggle with this word predestined and it literally, in, in Greek, it, it's the word proorizo, and it literally means to limit or to predetermine, to ordain, to determine beforehand an exact number. We have been chosen. Before the foundation of the world, God knew your name. Jesus knew you. Our lives were in his hand before he fashioned creation itself Ephesians 1 6 to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he's made us accepted in the beloved to the world the prophet declares who has warned you to flee from the wrath that is to come but in the camp of the righteous we've received the down payment, the earnest of our salvation, the token of the Holy Spirit to reveal in us the glory of His wonderful grace as a, as a testament, as a, a seal, if you will, over our hearts to confirm that we have been accepted in the Beloved. We are the purchased possessions of the Most High God. And we are the brethren, the brothers and sisters of the Lord Jesus Christ, having been accepted into the family of God, and in Jesus, in whom we have redemption through the power of his blood, 
We've received the forgiveness of our sins according to the unspeakable riches of his grace, wherein he is abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence. And if you lack wisdom, merely ask. And prudence is, you know, the right thinking. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. And in these final hours, having made known unto us the mystery of the sealed prophecies, that all would be revealed and fulfilled within the time appointed. And the appointed times have come. And they shall come to pass quickly, children. Having made known unto us the mysteries of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself... Father, God wanted to do this. It was his pleasure to save you. It was the Lord's pleasure to save you. He desired to save his people. Even as we would run and do anything to protect our little children, so our Father in heaven would do anything to save his beloved ones. That in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things that are of Christ, both that which is in heaven and that which is on the earth, even in him. You know, and that is God's will. Jesus himself prayed in John chapter 17, and he said, Father, I pray that they would be one as a witness to the world. And of course, it's the single solitary focus of the enemy that we would be divided over anything and everything but there would be no witness to the world and so it causes schisms and divisions and people want to argue over anything and everything but in the time that is ahead those who have the Holy Spirit those who truly belong to the Lord we will become one again because we will be all that we have in, in the earth. The only thing the remnant will have will be the remnant because all of the wicked will have been consumed by the, the darkness that will be released from the abyss. and The world is literally going to be filled with darkness. And only in the camp of the righteous will be the fellowship of the light. And in him we have an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. How many things does God work after the counsel of what he has willed? He works all things. This is the purpose of the Lord in the land of the Chaldeans. And the Lord has put the citizens of Babylon to sleep that he might lead them to this hour. I don't know if you saw the report, but the news grows darker by the day. There are those that say we could see the judgment of America Babylon before the end of the season of fall. That would mean in the next 15 days. I'm really holding out for the fall of 2019, but we shall see. It will come in a, in a, literally, it will seem to come in an instant. God works all things after the counsel of his own will. That we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Jesus Christ, 
in whom you also have believed and trusted, after you heard the word of truth, which is the gospel of our salvation, in whom also, after you believed, you too were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Of course, an earnest is literally a it's the symbol or the picture of a, a signet ring impressed in the wax seal of ownership of, possess, of a possession that has been purchased with the blood of his own son. An infinite price was paid for the redemption of the elect. And so the Holy Spirit in their lives is God's signet ring impressed into their forehead that tells everyone, this is mine. They're my people. You know, the scripture testifies how the remnant will cry out to the Lord and they will shout, The Lord is our God. And in heaven above, the Lord will turn to his angelic army and he will say, Behold, it is my people who call unto me. And the armies of heaven will come forth to, re- to deliver and redeem the righteous from the darkness that will now cover the earth. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord and your love unto all saints, I cease not to give thanks for you and making mention of you in my prayers. And, you know, Paul is a good example for us. We, we should re- cease not to give thanks to the Lord and cease not to make mention of one another in our prayers. Remember to pray for the people God's put on your, on your prayer list. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of Jesus, that the eyes of your understanding would be opened and enlightened, that you may begin to know what is the hope of his calling. And we've been called with his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints riches of God's glory that Jesus will inherit through the saints that will be redeemed and born again, transformed into the very image of the Lord himself. We're going to be like he is. This is incredible. It would have been enough for us to just be servants in his house, but no, he has not called us as his servants. He's called us as his friends. We're going to get to go and have fellowship with him. And we're going to know him as he is, even as we are known. And this is the inheritance that we will share with him, being called and chosen among his ecclesia. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the mighty working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Jesus Christ when he raised him from the dead and he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all of the principalities and the powers of of this ruined age and of all might and dominion and and above every name that could be named, not only of this world, but in the world to come. Jesus Christ has been raised and his... His throne is above all. His name is above all. And he has has put all things under his feet. 
And he gave him to be head over all things that are in the church, which is his body, and the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And you, who he has quickened, who we were once dead in our trespasses and our sins, wherein in the times past we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, which is the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, and among whom also we had our prior conversation in times past. In times past. In the lust of our flesh. Fulfilling the desire of the flesh and of the mind. And, and as a result of walking according to the course of disobedience and to the conversation that was dominated by the lust and the desire of the flesh, we were by nature children of wrath, even as the world is today. But God, who is rich in his mercy, because of his great love wherewith he loved us, even while we were yet dead in our sins, and the same as the wicked, he quickened us together with the power of Jesus Christ, for by grace we were saved, and he raised us up together with the Lord and made us to sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his loving kindness towards us through Jesus Christ. For by grace we have been saved through faith, not of ourselves, Salvation is a gift from God, and it is not of our works, lest any man should boast. Nor can any of our works add anything to the righteousness we've received by faith. Yet it is incumbent upon us that we would learn to do the works of God, for we have been commanded, Be ye holy, as your heavenly Father is holy. He has saved us that we might share and partake of his nature, in which is only righteousness. And if we want to know him, and if we want to grow closer to him, then we will put off the lust of the flesh, no longer work the things of the flesh, we'll no longer walk under the, the spirit of this ruined age, the spirit of disobedience that is working through everyone walking and the things of the flesh. And, you know, what are the lusts of the flesh, really? You know, what's the most dominant lust of the flesh? It's food. The flesh wants to eat. You know, in the, in the scripture in Ecclesiastes, it says, Woe unto the nation whose leaders eat every morning. They have breakfast every morning. They never fast and seek the Lord. They always follow the lust of the flesh. Woe unto that nation. And, you know, that's America. That's how we got here. The church decided that, you know, hey, we're going to enjoy the lust of the flesh a little bit, you know. There's some good things going on in the world, and, you know, our flesh can enjoy it just as, just like the wicked. And, and so the, the church just wandered off forgot the things of the Spirit, forgot the, 
power of the cross, forgot to deny the flesh, and, and instead we embrace the flesh. And, and now you'll hear believers say, well, you know, I, I, I can't fast. I'm, I'm a little thin. Yeah, why don't you get the book Fasting and Eating for Health by Dr. Joel Furman, MD, and, and, you know, do a little research, educate yourself, and stop talking like a fool, because actually fasting will, will detoxify you. It'll cleanse your mind and your spirit, and you absolutely can fast even if you think you're a little bit thin. But, you know, woe unto the people who always eat in the morning. I can testify to you today, brothers and sisters, the only powerful breakthroughs that are occurring spiritually are accompanied by prayer and fasting. And I think some of you guys who are are continuing to walk in the victory against this enveloping darkness, you know, you can you you'll bear witness of my words. We've got to be fasting. We got to be putting off the lust of the flesh. We got to be turning off the entertainment of Babylon. We've, I mean, you can't even watch the entertainment of Babylon anymore. It is defiling to even turn it on. We got to put off the things of the flesh if we want to put on the mind of Christ, that we could begin to walk in His ways in this time. Frank, how how are we doing for time? Uh, right now we're just right at an hour. So if you want to, you know, go a few more, go ahead. We got to, you know. Well, right, you know, I did right want exactly. It, go ahead. We're right at the at the right the at one hour, hour mark. Yeah, we can go right to you know, got thirty more minutes if we want. Okay, well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go a little further into Ephesians. I mm-hmm. hope this has been an encouragement to people. But also, you know, I just really feel if there's anybody that listens, listening to us live, if you wanted to call in and ask a question. Uh, now or in the next 30 minutes, I guess, we'll go. Um, you know, yeah. p- please feel free to do so. Absolutely. Next time we'll post before the program we talked about this, but it was running a little behind. But um, if you want to call in now, go ahead, area code uh, 619-924-9867. That's 619-924-9867 if you want to call in. And, uh, Benjamin, we'll do another call-in show soon, and we'll just announce it and put it out there before we do it, too. Yeah, okay, great, great. Well, back to Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of ourselves. We all know that one. If you really belong to the Lord, the Lord saved us. We didn't save ourselves. And, And it's not of the works that we've done. And none of us can boast. 10, chapter 2, for we are his workmanship. God's doing this work. We need to cooperate and follow the leading of His Spirit. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We were created for the purpose of doing good works, which God has ordained beforehand that we should walk in them. There are things that have been created by God, which are works and, and ministries and and fruit that we were appointed to bear, and it's God's will that we would walk in these things and that we would bear fruit unto righteousness. And only through the power of His Spirit can we do the things God has ordained us to do. Therefore, remember that in times past, you were a Gentile in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by that which calls itself the circumcision. And Paul's talking about the Jews the natural-born Israelites, who really look down on the the Gentiles. 
you know, the the Jews, we, you know, we would refer to the Gentiles as the goy, you know, the goyim, you know, it's not a term of endearment among Israelis, it, you know, it means the wild beast, you know, the the word goyim translates Gentile nations, it also translates a herd of wildebeest, and it also translates a cloud of locusts, and so, you know, those who consider themselves righteous by virtue of the, the covenant of the flesh, which really there was the only righteousness that was ever actually received under the original covenant was actually also received by faith. Nobody kept the law perfectly. Nobody became righteous by, by walking out the old covenant through the power uh, of the flesh and through the knowledge of good and evil. But the Lord counted their, their heartfelt efforts and their faith in his name as righteousness. It wasn't their perfect obedience that brought salvation into the camp of Israel. It was, it was still the gift of God through the grace that would be one day revealed in Jesus Christ. Hey, Benjamin, we we've got a caller time. if you want to take a call. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, hold on just a second. All right, uh, area code 251. You're on with Benjamin Brook. Hey, Brother Benjamin. This is uh, Joel Singleton. I listen to you guys uh, all the time, just about every Thursday night. I uh, really appreciate you. But I have a very specific question about the end times is, uh, concerning Isaiah 17, the Isaiah 17 war. Do you believe it has any timing uh, with uh, the judgment on Babylon being the United States, which I agree with you guys wholeheartedly? Um, do you believe it has happened before or after it's already happened? Or, you know, I personally believe it hasn't happened yet since Damascus is, hasn't, uh, is still occupied, of course. So that's basically my question. Well, that's a great question. And, you know, clearly Damascus is, is in the process of being destroyed. It, the entire city is not destroyed. Uh, the western part, I think, which is the part that uh, Bashar Assad and his family uh, occupy, is still very much uh, the city of Damascus. Some of the suburbs have definitely been destroyed in the Civil War. And, you know, I don't look at the uh, prophecies of um, Isaiah in that part of the book as necessarily uh, sequential. So, you know, you've got the prophecy in Isaiah... 16, which deals with the remnant uh, being hidden in the land of Edom and Moab. And, you know, Selah is actually Petra in Hebrew. Send the lamb, which is the remnant, to the rulers of the land from Selah to the wilderness unto the mountains of the daughter of Zion, you know. And, and, you know, the Lord says, let my outcasts, let my remnant dwell with you, Moab, and be a covering to them. You know, protect my remnant at the end of the age, for the extortioner is about to come to an end, and the spoiler will cease, and the oppressors are going to be consumed out of the land. That's what the day of the Lord's all about. You know, God's coming to consume the oppressors. You know, that which is so ugly that he can no longer stand the sight of it, he's going to remove. And then in chapter 17, the prophecy of Damascus literally becoming a ruinous heap clearly is an end-time prophecy. We're seeing certainly the beginning of it, and yet 
um, we're told in Isaiah 17, after the declaration of the city becoming essentially completely destroyed, then we see that um, in verse 4 it says, In that day it shall come to pass that the glory of Jacob shall be made thin, and you know the glory of, of Israel in the flesh, Jacob always, Jacob always speaks of the nation of Israel in the flesh. You know, that which is of the flesh is going to become very lean and very thin. And it shall be when a harvestman gathers the corn and he reaps the ears, and it will be as in the valley of Rephaim, and yet gleaning grapes will be left in it. This is a picture of the remnant. One or two berries in the top of the tree, you know, one, four or five on the outermost fruitful branches. So the the judgment has not only brought destruction to the entire city of Damascus, but the remnant has already been preserved. The gleaning has occurred. The harvest has occurred. And only a remnant has survived. And in verse 7 we read, And on that day men will look to their maker, and their eyes will have respect to the Holy One of Israel. The remnant will respect the Lord. When we hear that the Lord commanded something, people will tremble. And it will matter what God said, and everyone will take heed. And if the Lord called the people to fasting and prayer, the whole camp will be fasting and praying. You know, today, the Word of God calls people to fasting and prayer, and people are kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, forget about that, right? In one ear, out the other. On that day, the Word of God will not go in one ear and go out the other. It will bring fear and trembling into the loins of the people. And they will show respect to the Holy One. And look at verse 8. They will not look to the altars you know, or the work of their hands. Today, people keep looking at, you know, I keep the Sabbath, you know, better than you or whatever. You know, my doctrine is more true. <laughs> whatever. Listen, none of us, the work of our hands and the knowledge of, of the wisdom of our, of our minds and the knowledge of good and evil, the carnal mind of the flesh, these aren't the things that brought the righteousness of God in our life. We received it through the things of the Spirit and through following the Lamb wherever He goes. So, brother, good question. Um, I think it's future tense as well, although, you know, the process is occurring. And, you know, verse chapter 18, just to mention it as well, that's the United States that we're talking about in Isaiah 18, the land shadowing with the wings of the American eagle and... You know, the nation scattered and peeled, that means clean-shaven. The people terrible from the right, beginning. Right. The nation meted out. Well, right. I, 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 have one, I have one more comment about Isaiah 17. It says that, uh, I think it says, I'm driving right now. I lost you there a few minutes, and I had to call back in, but I, I picked up pretty quickly. But uh, it talks about, it, that it's, I, I believe it says that it's uh, a terror in, overnight in one hour. Is, is that maybe describing a nuclear exchange between Israel and, and Damascus and Syria, that area? And could that, could that lead into uh, making Israel open up to non-Orthodox Jews, to, uh, to Christians and uh, Messianics and other believers that might I'm be I'm not sure what one uh, hour is in that verse. Um, I might be missing yeah, it. What not verse an hour. are you referring to? I don't think it's uh, in it's, 17. It's for the, it the, the end of 17. It says uh, mm -hmm. terror by night, maybe. That might be the NIV version. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
uh, it says, and behold, in the evening tide, trouble, and before the morning, he is You're not. Right, so right. there's a there's a short window right there. It's talking about um, right, right. That's what I'm talking okay. about. Right. There. It, it it looks like World War Three is being described in those final verses. The nations shall rush like the rushing of many waters, but God shall rebuke them. And right, you know, that, right. I would say, yeah, you know, there's there's sort of an intimation of World War Three, and you know, the concept of the Lord rebuking the armies, and that it all being over in a single day, and that segues right into the 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 woe declared over the land of America, which is the nation that was meted out in in chapter eighteen, and then the reference of you know, before the harvest is completed, when the bud is perfect. You know, the Lord will take away with pruning hooks. He'll cut down the fruitless branches and and um, clearly in, implying the, pers- the time of persecution as well is somewhat correlated to the coming world war. And, yeah, we should have a real exciting year ahead of us. Um, you know, if it's, and if it's not all fulfilled by the end of 2019... Uh, we are clearly knocking on the door, brother. But thanks for the call and a very good question. All right, Brother Benjamin and Brother Frank, it's nice speaking to you guys for the first time. Um, God bless you, you have a, a good evening. God bless you guys, too. We're praying for you, and uh, keep up it. the good work. All right, thanks for calling in. And anybody else that would like to call in, uh, please feel free to do that. And it's 619-924-9867. Uh, Benjamin, you know it's interesting about chapter 17 of Isaiah. Uh, there, that went, you know, the timing of that in a lot of people's minds, it's kind of all over. Whether it happens before, there's just America, there, after, during. One thing's for sure, it's going to be destroyed. And uh, oh yeah, uh, the timing's a little hard for. I don't know really know exactly, but you're right. It, it, the end of those verses, I think, is a big clue. Um, there's yeah. something large going on there, not only necessarily in Damascus at that time. Well, you know, the whole thing Larger is like war. dominoes that are that are falling over, right? And, uh, you know, we the process has started. It just hasn't escalated to World War III. Yeah. And somewhere in the process, Damascus will fall. From, the, if you read it chronologically, it would seem that it will be before World War III reaches the land of... Uh, shadowing with the wings of an eagle but in any event praise god to know that you know the world is in serious trouble i mean if you're not a saved christian today you know you should take heed to the warning and flee from the wrath that is coming because the only group of people that have any hope in the hour that is ahead of us are the believers and the only people that are going to actually be protected and who are going to actually experience peace in this time when peace will be removed from all that is of the flesh will be the remnant. And, you know, because in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, for he is our peace. Jesus Christ is our peace. And the reason we have peace with God is because Jesus is righteous in the eyes of the Father. And so we can experience uh, the peace that Jesus has with his Father. But, you know, you can't walk in this shalom, in the power of the Holy Spirit, while you're partaking 
at the table with a cup of devils. You've got to put the unclean thing down. And, you know, you, you cannot continue to touch that which is satanic and also walk in the presence and in the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Or if you do, if you try to do this, you're going to have quite a war in your person. You know, your flesh will be rebelling against your spirit, and your spirit will be grieving the things of your flesh. We need to decide. You know, we have the power to repent, and we have the power to break these demonic strongholds to fasting and prayer, and we need to decide to come out from among them and touch the... Touch not the unclean thing, and I will accept you, saith the Lord, and you will become a son and a daughter to me. But in order to walk in the shalom of the Lord, we gotta be we gotta learn the wisdom of the Lord and learn to refuse and not even touch the unclean things. For he has abolished in his body the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances so to make in himself of two, that's us and him, one new man, so making peace that we, that he, rather, might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. The sin and the ordinances and all that was accusing us was actually judged in Jesus on the cross. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and to them that were near. And, of course, the ones far off were the Gentiles. Nobody ever imagined the Gentiles would be part of the new covenant prophesied by Jeremiah. And the ones that were near were the Jews who thought they had. They thought they had the right standing with God. They didn't know they actually needed to be saved. They thought they were already saved. The religious leaders who, who plotted to murder the Lord, they, they thought they were righteous. The Pharisees who kept the law perfectly, and they did. These guys were professional Sabbath keepers. They were professional tithers. They were professional law keepers. They followed the ordinances and the commandments, and they did it all perfectly in the knowledge of good and evil. And they thought, that they had peace. What they had was deception. And so here at the end of the age, many people call themselves Christians, and they believe they have peace with God. But they're actually walking after the, the counsel of their own understanding. They're walking after the way that seems right in their own eyes, and they're seeking to enter the kingdom through the wide road. They have, they've just decided the straight and narrow way was just, you know, they weren't interested. They, they couldn't make that kind of commitment. Dying to the flesh? Missing breakfast? You know, these aren't the things of their vision of the kingdom. You know, in their vision of the kingdom, they get to enjoy all the pleasures of the flesh, and they get to have Jesus, too. Well, you know, if they belong to the Lord, the Lord will dispel that deception from their lives very shortly in the days that are ahead. But the truth be told, we have got to enter in. He's called us to be part of 
a new man. To become born again is to be made new. All things have passed away. And the walk under the new covenant is in the power of the Spirit, not walking out the things of the commandment through the knowledge of good and evil, doing what's right in our eyes. Because, let's face it, in our eyes, we're always right. It's everyone else that's wrong. You know that. We all know that. Our first interpretation of any event is we didn't, it wasn't us who made the mistake. We're never wrong in our own eyes. But that actual condemnation against us has been crucified and it has been, it's been removed that we might become born again. For through him we have access by one spirit. We don't have access through our walking out the old covenant. We do not have access to the Father by the old covenant in the name of Jesus. We have access by the Holy Spirit. We cannot enter the Holy of Holies through our deeds. I could put my, my prayer shawl on. I could put my, my kippah on my head and I could get my prayer shawl and I could dress up like an Israelite and I could go march around in the in the Negev and, and manna would not come from heaven and I would be no closer to the Lord or I can humble myself and I can enter his courts with praise and thanksgiving and through the power of his name I have access by the Holy Spirit under the presence of God now therefore you are no longer strangers or foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and of the house of God, which is built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. God's building a temple by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we are heirs in the kingdom of Israel, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We've been adopted. If you're a Gentile and you're born again, you've been adopted into the kingdom of Israel. Only it's no longer a kingdom of the flesh. It's now a kingdom by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The dispensation of the grace of God, which has been given to all of us, by which we've now begun to understand the mystery of God, which he's finally revealed, that the Gentiles should become fellow heirs of the same body, and that they might also partake of the promise of Messiah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That we could make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery of salvation, the mystery of Jesus, which from the beginning of the world had been hidden in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that, that now, unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places, might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to his eternal purpose, which he purposed in Jesus Christ our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith in him. Hallelujah. That Christ might dwell in our hearts by faith. And that you, being rooted and grounded in love, 
you know, a lot of people today want to be rooted and grounded in the knowledge of good and evil. It doesn't bless anyone. People want to argue, debate. No, they have their opinions. Great. Who asked you? We need to be rooted and grounded in love that we could be able to comprehend what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of the love of Christ. If we're not rooted and grounded in love, we've missed the whole purpose of the new covenant, which is to know the love of Jesus Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. And that's what's coming in the camp of the remnant. Now, I have taught and I've bore witness that the 144,000 are the anointed army of God. They are the anointed ones that are coming in an anointing without measure. And they will be used by the Lord for the ministry of Jesus Christ, the second half of the seven-year ministry. But in the entire camp of the remnant, everyone will be filled with the fullness of God. It is the purpose of the Father that the entire remnant would walk in the fullness of God. This company that has been so purified that they were counted worthy to be among the remnant, and then during the time of the Great Tribulation, when we see the judgments that are coming down upon the world, and we we realize that we have been preserved by the mercy of God, it's going to bring such a deep repentance such a sanctification, such a holiness in the camp of the righteous, that by the time of the rapture, the people will be ready to meet the Lord. The robes having been made white, the bride will now be spotless. There will be no wrinkles. Oh, what a blessing to be able to walk among the camp of the righteous at the time of the end. All is in one, and all is in him, before he comes to gather us together unto himself filled with the fullness of God. Now unto him who is able to do these things, which are exceedingly and abundantly above anything you could ever ask him, or anything you could ever even think of, according to his power that is working into within us, unto Jesus be the glory in the church. Unto him be the glory in his creation by Jesus Christ, throughout all ages, his world without end. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah, brother. That's the end of Ephesians 3. And, you know, if we want to finish Ephesians, we could always do a part two, because we've got amen. three more chapters to go, Frank. It gets, uh, and it gets even more exciting. It's a book build to, <laughs> obviously, chapter six, where, well, it's amazing. Um. So, yes, praise the Lord. Uh, Benjamin, you know it's interesting when that brother called and asked about the uh, war in Isaiah 17, how before that great destructive time, he lays out the hiding place for the remnant in 16. God is so about mercy. Yeah, yeah, good point, Frank. His First God's about saving his remnant. Yeah. He's right got on. this. He's got like the master plan all laid out and say, "Don't worry, I got this." Yeah, he's not bringing peace to the world, but for his people, he's got a deliverance plan in place, and it's just so wonderful to see his p- compassion towards his people. And 
uh, I just thank God for that. And so, brother, yeah. thank you for this episode tonight um, on Ephesians. And and folks, I listen. When Benjamin was talking earlier about the Economist magazine, folks, the secular world. Okay, there's a reason the four horsemen are placed in the secular world's magazine on front. They're trying to tell you a message. God uses secular society, too. It's sometimes, honestly, I feel that some of them are more awake than the church, or those who call themselves the church. And I encourage you to go over there and look at that, because when you run your cursor over it, it brings everything up as you go full. You can see it clearly, the things that look a little bit obscure, and there's a lot to discern. And it's not that we get our truth from that, but we do understand that the signs are out there. This is the time. This is the hour. Make the decision. Fasting and prayer, I promise you, it's not going to hurt you. It will help in your spiritual growth, though. It's not because you're forcing God. It's because you're saying, God, I can't do it without you. And when you humble yourself, there's an inner soul cry that goes up, and the Lord hears. He promised it. Read Isaiah 58. It's the, one of the most amazing chapters in the entire Bible. God can break any curse on you, no matter what, any sin, excuse me, that's binding you. The Lord can break it. It's in Isaiah 58. So whatever your worst struggle is, go to Isaiah 58, follow what the Lord says, and claim his promises, and watch him do his work. Amen. Benjamin, we are at the end of this show, brother. Thank you. God bless you. It was a joy and a pleasure, and I just pray the Lord keep continuing to use you and folks listen i'm going to do it for benjamin he has a social media site uh, it's being taken care of by the johnson family what a wonderful group if you don't know about them check them out uh we've had some past episodes and their work but he's got social media he's on facebook now um benjamin is your youtube channels in the works too uh some other things um right but check it out follow what's going on uh, Rhonda Johnson keeps it posted and updated, and you can listen because we are in the last days. This is the time. It, everybody can do something for the Lord. There's no excuse to be sitting around at this hour. And so with that, I'd like to say to everybody, God bless you, and may the Lord keep you until we shall meet again. This is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. <laughs>